Okay, now that that's over, let's get into it. Justin and Friends. Hi, my name is David, and this is Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends. Hi, my name is Noah, and you're listening to Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends with some enthusiasm. Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends Podcast. Hey, this is Daniel. And Amanda. And And you're you're listening listening to Justin Justin and Friends. Friends. You have the extreme pleasure of listening to Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends. Hey, Justin. Hi, this is Taylor Tomlinson, and you're listening to the Justin and Friends Podcast. Justin Justin and Friends. Friends. You're now tuned in to Justin Grimaldo. is up you wonderful people um that was way too high for me this is justin um and i have no friends there are currently no friends here except for the ones in my head which we will get to that already sounds really depressing but it's been a while and i'm sorry i've posted on facebook and instagram oh we're coming back hot too hot for the hot tub we're gonna do this it's gonna be great and i did i think two episodes of updates that were completely stupid um, so I apologize for that. And people are still listening to the podcast, even though I haven't done one for, I don't know how long, five, six months. I think it's been a little bit longer. We were going we were going pretty strong. And then next thing you know, Shorty got low, 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 <clears throat> meaning I got really busy. And then opportunities came my way. And I thought, oh, this is it. I'm going to do this. And I don't have to do all this stuff anymore. And I don't have to pursue with the things that I've wanted to do because this thing is going to take me to the next level and I'm going to be king shit of fuck mountain. Also, there's going to be a lot of effort in this. So bear with me. I know some of you are believers and stuff and of different religions and listen to this. And I apologize for the cursing, but at the same time, I don't because I'm coming in hot, like hot tub time machine. It's going to get real, real fast. So what in the fuck has been going on? You want to know? <laughs> um, here we go. Well, <clears throat> I've had a lot going on, and I just want to start out with saying trigger warning. This might be a trigger warning for some of you, and I don't normally talk publicly about private things, but one thing I've always said with this podcast is I'm going to be vulnerable all the time. I'm going to be real. I'm going to tell it like it is, and if people don't like it, I could give two shits. So um, <clears throat> so to kind of go back a little bit, so some of you that have, are listening to the, this for the first time, I just want to say hello. I appreciate you. You are wonderful. Do things in life that you have always wanted to do. Kick ass. If you don't feel like you're a kick ass person, write me and let's be accountability buddies so we can support each other. I already have a bunch of guys that um, I have accountability with, with working out and stuff. And I believe that we were created to be in community and we should definitely do that <clears throat> and not feel shame on that at all whatsoever. I'm kind of fighting something. So if you hear me gargling and trying to figure out what's going on, that's what's happening. But Again, thank you for listening. For those of you that have stayed loyal, you're amazing. Appreciate you, um, and let's let's do this. So, I think where I left off, I don't even remember. I didn't even go back and look, but I think where I left off was dreaming. No, I didn't. I think I was talking about how to do a podcast, which was so stupid. Um, I just didn't have any material because everybody left me, my co-host, um, and I just got sad and just didn't care anymore. So that's kind of what happened. But um, I'm going to talk to you today about things that have been going on the last six months. And if you don't care about listening to some random stranger, go ahead and skip this. I don't care. 
but I believe that there can be healing and all kinds of um, re- resolutions and revelations and stuff through listening to other people's stories. So I'm just going to get into that. If you hear that knocking, that is my refrigerator because I don't have a studio anymore to record this in. So I'm literally in my apartment, standing up, looking out of my window, which if you follow me on Instagram, you could totally see what I'm talking about because I have a huge cow farm in the back of my apartment. And it's amazing to see. Although they just killed off <laughs> the the big cows and now they're little cows. So because it's a, a slaughter farm. But that's beside <laughs> that is beside the point. Here we go. So some of you heard about a thing I was going through a, through a few years ago. So basically, I had this dumbass idea to buy a multi-million dollar recording studio. Um, I'm not going to drop any names because I don't want to give them away. I don't want to say, because I still am around some of these people. So I'm not going to throw names out there and tarnish their names. But where this all started... This is all going to make sense. It's going to take a while, but it will make sense. I need to just process this, so bear with me. Um, I went to go buy a multi-million dollar studio, and I talked about this a while ago, and everything was going great. We had a couple of investors, um, I, one of them being local. She's great and amazing. Still love her. Still listen to her music. And then one of them, um, <clears throat> she is from L.A., was originally from... You know, I'm not even I'm not even gonna dance around that because I don't want to do that and I don't want to cause shit. We had these amazing investors, and the way that I was pitching this was um, I wanted to raise the next generation of engineers, producers, uh, singers, and songwriters. And this place that we were gonna buy, and you can still look it up because I, this I don't care about because they totally just fucked me, <laughs> and it was not fun at all. But I through this failure. There was a lot of success. So um, I'm not going to actually say the, t- the, the studio name, but basically there's a studio in Ferndale next to me where um, it's th- it's a, built to be the dream studio, the place that every person, they put tons of money into this. They had all of the most amazing equipment. I went through there and learned some things, did some engineering. And it was like every time I looked around, it was like, the, the, ugh, I'm stuttering now. This space was absolutely incredible. It's like the ideal place that you want to... It's like God himself came down from heaven and made a studio and was like, okay, this is the shit. Nobody's ever going to want to leave. And you could just be you. And that's what this place felt like. They have a floating... It's it's awesome. And we did a couple tours and stuff of it. Um, I helped one of the engineers in there who happens to be terrible at business and why this all fell through, that and COVID. Um, so... We were doing this deal or whatever, and I was selling this on the whole thing. Of, sorry, going back to that. On this is going to be the place that everybody wants to go to, and I want to like again songwriters, mu- musicians, producers, whatever it was. I wanted to mix um, full on friggin' movie soundtracks there and stuff. Which this one of my friends Casey was going to come in because he does a lot of that kind of stuff. He was going to come in and just deck this place out with like Dolby, and we were going to try to work with um, not THC. That's a Actually, wait, T, I don't even remember. THX. Yeah, we were going to partner up with them. Um, <laughs> I got a hold of Skywalker Ranch because I wanted to take a tour to see how they did things. I got rejected, which they told me if, uh, if this gets a little bit bigger, then we'll talk again, whatever, because um, I wanted to see how they did business. So we, I sold it like this, like we we're going to do all these amazing things. And I said, I, I'm a wedding filmmaker when I was pitching to these investors. 
and I'll still work weddings to pay for this multi-million dollar studio, which was told to us that it takes $30,000 or plus a month to run it, which I think is a ton of bullshit. I think that was just told to us because they wanted to get money, more money out of us. But so that's why we brought in investors and one of them being a super smart business guy. And it was like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Everything was going great. Um, <clears throat> they pitched. I mean, <clears throat> there's some people speaking for me. They pitched me and everybody was all for it. We're like going, moving forward and all that stuff. And then somebody got involved that's horrible at business and then totally just screwed the whole thing up. And then COVID happened. And so the investors, um, these amazing people pulled out. <laughs> that's what she said. They pulled out and then said this was going to like, I was excited about this, but just with the climate and everything going on right now, it just doesn't make financial sense freaking great i totally get that that's phenomenal amazing i would do the same thing if it just did not make sense um i pitched to one of the producers that's still alive he did a couple of the beatles tracks he was an engineer and stuff like that i met with him in la and i was like this is what i want to do uh, this is a dream that i have and he was still in but without the other people it wasn't ever going to happen um, i told him about my dream i like it was embarrassing because when I met with his people, we were at NAM, um, which is uh, just a music um, trade show for every business that's in the musical world and stuff. And so I pitched him the idea and his assistant and stuff, and they were in love with it. Uh, but what was embarrassing was <laughs> the place where I was pitching it to them at. I was down in this room in Anaheim, which it, where are, like all these big companies are at and stuff. And so I, sh I tried to open up my phone to set, to show them the studio and what we were doing. Cause they, they are actually doing the same thing down in, I think it's the Napa Valley area. And they were on board. They're like, Oh, this would be amazing. If this could work out. Let's do this. But I like after what I didn't explain was I got the um, pictures of the studio on my phone. I was trying to get them on my phone, but I had no internet and I didn't save them onto my phone. So I had to run up a couple flights of stairs to get <laughs> to download the photos onto my phone. So that way I can go back down and show these people. So luckily they had all the grace and patience in the world. Uh, it was kind of embarrassing, but I was, I mean, whatever. I had nothing to lose. It was, yeah, whatever. So, but what I didn't know <laughs> was, was the son of the guy that owns the studio was also at this place. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like meeting with all these people pitching the studio and trying to uh, get investors on board and stuff, which we were totally okay. I just wanted to make sure that we had a backups of our backups of our backups because I'm always like a, a back that ass up kind of person. So we do this and um, or I'm doing this and then I find out that this dude is here. I'm like, oh, shit. Um, so I go and meet him, but I didn't say like what I'm doing there. And uh, he's the nicest person on the face of the planet. It was amazing. Um, I won't say his name either because, you know. I don't want to get in trouble. Um, so anyway, going back to the studio thing, everybody pulled out. All the investors pulled out. COVID happened. And then we all know it. I mean, who who wants to talk about COVID anymore? It's just getting really annoying now. Okay. It's, I'm, I'm done with it. It's just, it's too much. So this went on though for about a year. We were kind of getting dicked along with Hey, this person's still interested. Um, they just want a little more information. Hey, this person's still interested, but they want to do this. Hey, this person is still interested, but and this is going throughout COVID. And one thing that I've been learning that I'm really bad at is um, I in those kinds of situations I get super excited. I get so stoked when I need to 
learn how to be better or I've, I've learned how to be better at with controlling my expectations and my excitement because I so badly wanted this thing to happen that I started letting it run my emotions. I started letting it run my life decisions. I was making that were huge life altering decisions. I based around this thing that in my heart of hearts, I knew wasn't going to be happening anymore. I totally, uh, I, I knew that this wasn't going to be a thing, but for some reason I was still holding out hope thinking that, okay, this will, this will happen at some point, this will. It's, and I was so hell-bent on the hope. I was so hell-bent on the dreaming. Um, because I'm all, I mean, for those of you that know me, I'm a huge dreamer, and I'm always going to hope for the best. And so that's what I was kind of hoping for in this situation. And um, I think it was the end of 2021. That's when we got the official. Um, they're selling off all of the equipment. They're getting rid of everything that's in the side of the studio. And if you've seen the studio before, some of you know what I'm talking about. Um, it was phenomenal. And I heard that they were selling all this stuff off. So everybody officially pulled out of this entire deal. And I let that wreck me, um, to be honest, because I, we were so close. We already had a couple bands from LA that were like literally going to do their albums up here. Um, a couple of them, uh, there's someone getting the best, but that's all I'm going to say. So, um, (laughs) And we were literally going to have this happen, and it just, like, it destroyed me because these were some of my favorite bands that I listened to. I'm like, oh, shit, they want to come up here and do this. This is going to be so great for Humboldt County. Humboldt's really going to just thrive off of this because I wanted to open it up to, like, you know, the public, too, so we could do, like, acoustic nights where um, our favorite bands would come in and do these sets and all that jazz and uh, it could be like banquets or whatever to keep the studio running, to do all these things. Like we had so many different ideas. And it just, I mean, for a solid, I think it was like a solid year that it definitely just destroyed me. And like, I wanted it so bad. And so, um, and you can hear it in my voice. And it sucked. And so I never really talked about the hurt of that with anybody um, because there was still the hope of maybe this could be a thing. Maybe this could maybe God and all his, all of his infinite, her infinite, whatever wisdom could just rain upon us. It's actually raining outside right now as I'm podcasting. Um, side note, it's, I'm standing up. Actually, I think I said that I'm standing up in my kitchen watching the rain. Um, maybe God and all of his infinite wisdom could just make this happen. Uh, maybe Humboldt would actually want this. And then I just, I just got super, like I've never dealt with depression before or if I have, and I just haven't recognized it. Um, until now, um, it just sucked. It it literally felt like somebody just took this massive shit all over me and was like, "Hey, buddy, you know your dreams, you know all of your aspirations. <laughs> yeah, fuck them because this isn't gonna happen for you." And it sucked, y'all. I'm like, I, I know some of you that are listening to this, like, have had you've had these dreams, you've had these desires, you've had these wants, and you've just been shit on. And so you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it, I mean, it's taken me until what this last year. I don't know. I just because I carry things with me. Like, it's I've never been good. Grow, like when we were growing up, we were never taught to embrace your emotions, feel things, whatever. It was mask it down, don't feel it, let it just reside within you forever and just let it build up and don't ever deal with it. So that's what I started doing was this massive dream and desire of mine wasn't happening. And so then I just 
tucked that away because one of my best friends, Anthony, like he was a part of this too. And I just felt like I let everybody down and it wasn't my fault. It was just, we had these amazing people on board, me, Anthony, a couple of other people. And I'm like, I just felt like it was something that I did. Was it because I pitched, I'm a wedding videographer. No, because I was told like, oh, hey, that's amazing that you're willing to sacrifice your life to make this thing happen because that's how much I believed in it. And it, I just couldn't help this feeling, though, of I let everybody down. And so coming full circle, there is no full circle here. This is just a linear line that we're going through right now. I just, I didn't know how to process that. And what really was the icing on the cake after this whole thing went down was one of the investors came in um, where I worked and <clears throat> gave us this book of the studio that we gave to him so he could look at it and pitch it to people. And he's like, oh, I don't need this anymore. And I had to run to the back. And I'm not, I'm not going to even lie. I think Anthony knows this. But I started crying in the back because that was the final nail in the coffin. And I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. I, I was like, this was going to be my life purpose. This was because I love serving people. And that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to bring something to Humboldt that was totally unique and different and that could just make this place pop because it's got nothing really going for it anymore as far as like a huge industry. And I'm like, maybe we could be the next music industry. Maybe we could bring this thing. And so when the dude brought the book in, it was just, it was brutal. So I was like in the back crying and stuff. And then I just, I mean, the guys know me, like I, I'm a very emotional person. So I came back out and my eyes are all just red and stuff and they could just look, I think they knew. So <clears throat> that happened. And so I never dealt with that. Um, that built up. And then um, I was approached with this other thing with a couple of like content creators from YouTube um, that I love to be. Um, this was all during like the COVID era and then kind of a little bit after. So this is going to be the timing is going to be a little bit weird. But um, I was approached to be a producer and stuff for certain channels. And I'm like, oh, I would love to do that. Um, and then I don't know what in the hell happened with that, to be honest with you, because one of them was like my favorite, uh, content creators on there. And so I was asked to do this thing and I'm like, yes, I was in the middle of like driving back and forth between LA working with little doom and stuff. And if you don't know little doom, go listen to their music. They're great. They just came out with another song, uh, ocean, amazing song. Um, so I, I was down in LA and then what I didn't know Okay, I was, we did this thing, and then I was going to send this file back <laughs> on Dropbox. I didn't know that I accidentally created a new link in Dropbox, and um, I put all my footage that I did in this link, and I thought that everybody could see when I uploaded into Dropbox, because I fucking hate Dropbox. I thought everybody got notified that the footage was there. So I sent off the footage the the day of the th the what we did, and then I get this text, did you actually do it? Like, yes, absolutely. And then I sent a photo, but I didn't realize that I made a whole new file and then I never heard from this person again. I was just told to hold off. To this day, I still never got an explanation and it was a bummer. So that was partly my fault for not knowing how to work Dropbox. Um, so this was like, and that was another thing of mine that I really wanted to do. And then just kind of like, boom, another massive dookie on Justin from the universe. And that sucked because like I admire, I still admire the hell out of this person. It's just 
I was never told anything else outside of hold off. And that sucked because I was all, again, like when, when you get me, I will devote the ever living shit of myself <laughs> to you because I want to make sure whatever we do is the best thing possible. And if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to figure it out and we're going to kick ass and it's going to be amazing and it's going to be phenomenal. Um, but this was just all kinds of, I felt like there was a little bit more going on. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm never, I'm not going to speculate. So, um, that was another thing that was super brutal. And so then I'm like, dude, what is going on right now? And so I started letting failure be the, like, I started letting failure just get to me and all that stuff. But even though within that year, like I did, a, um, I was the DP for a music video for the Newsboys, which that was awesome. And that was a ton of fun to get that opportunity. The video never came out. I actually don't know if I can even talk about this. I, I'm basically, the video didn't come out because of other reasons, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so then I'm like, boom, again. And then, like, that's what I mean about, man, like the experience of that was freaking phenomenal. Like I loved doing that. That's what made me realize I want to be in the filming industry, I, whether it's directing or being a DP. I love both of those things. And that experience taught me so much, gave me so much confidence. The opportunity that I was given to do that, I was like, fuck yeah, this is, this is so cool. Like, this is it. This is the thing that I want to do. And I got the opportunity to do it. Um, and then when the video didn't come out, I was like, dude, what is, what is going on right now? Is the universe just like, I'm just going to just make nothing happen for you. That's what it kind of felt like. Um, and I know this is like super sad, but this is the reality that was going on. And um, eventually this will get happy. So then I bury that down. And then a couple of friends die and then um, lost a couple of aunts. All kinds of stuff. My grandma, like you guys know, I absolutely adore the shit out of my grandma. My grandma is my person. She is my uh, my lighthouse. She is my lifeboat. She is the person that I absolutely love with all of my heart that's had access to me like nobody else. And so um, grandmas are a very special breed. And if, you have, if you're blessed enough to still have yours and you have a good relationship with your grandma, amazing. If you don't have a good relationship with your grandma for some reason, fix it. Because one day they're not going to be around. Anyway. So, <clears throat> where was I? Oh, yeah. So, all this stuff was going on. And, um, yeah, I just started letting these things just get completely buried. And holding them in and not talking about the frustration and stuff. Because, you know, I've read all the self-help books. Self-help self books. I'm not even going to edit this. I've read all the self-help books. I know all the solutions. I know, I like, I know, but I didn't know in my knower. And so I had all these solutions of like, oh, you got to go meditate on this. You got to go talk about this with somebody. You got to blah, blah, blah. And, but internally, I'm like, no, fuck, fuck that. So you even lost my voice. I'm like, who wants to do that? Who wants to admit I'm going through it? Because in this world of just, I have to be on my shit all the time. It just seems like there's, it has seemed like there's no room for error. Because the moment that you admit I need some time to just recoup and figure out what is going on internally. You get left behind. That's what it feels like. And so I've been afraid to talk about this stuff because I'm like, I don't want somebody that is a potential client of mine or somebody that's going to hire me to be a director or DP, DP for something. I don't want them to like see me taking a break off of social media or something like that. And be like, okay, this guy must be going through it because before I met my friend Jiggy recently um, that does like motivational speaking and all that stuff, I didn't care at all about mental health. 
I gave, I didn't give a shit about mental health because I just, I mean, coming, coming from the home that I came from, we didn't care. And it wasn't taught, hey, take care of yourself, have time for yourself, like have your daily prayers, have meditation or whatever it is that you do in your religion, whatever you believe in. We weren't taught to deal with this stuff. And so I just kept it internally. I just kept, it just kept building and building and building and building. And when I met my friend Jiggy, I'm like, oh man, there might be something to this. And so um, when I met Jiggy, I started started focusing more on there's something up internally with me and then I, that I have not dealt with yet. Um, and there's a, pot, a lot of like past trauma and stuff that I haven't dealt with yet. And I don't want, going back to, I don't want people seeing this stuff because I can't let people know that even me, I have things going on that make me emotional and that make me insecure and all that stuff because I don't want clients seeing that stuff. But I don't like the world that we're in right now where you can't say that without fearing for money or your job or whatever it is. Like we should be able to say, hey, openly, I, this is great and everything. I don't, I just can't right now. I'm not in the right place and not saying I'm not, I'm not in the right place right now. I'm just saying we should be able to talk about this stuff. We should be able to talk about, I'm not feeling great. I need you or I need this. I need whatever it is. We should be able to reach out to people and not feel weird about it at all. And that's what I learned from my friend Jiggy. Um, if you don't know who Jiggy Yoon is, go check her out. Great. Um, so after, yeah, after meeting Jiggy, I realized, okay, we'll start focusing on you more, but I didn't know how to do that. I had no idea how to slow down Because I've been all about the hustle, the grind, which you should work your ass off. Absolutely. But you also need to be able to have time for yourself where you check in and realize, okay, I need to slow down a little bit and take care of me spiritually and emotionally and stuff like that. But I didn't do that. I just kept going, going, going hard, going, (laughs) kept going, 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 Um, booking weddings constantly, trying to book other clients for video stuff and just like ignoring the massive signs that my body and my spirit was letting me know, hey, you need to slow down a little bit. So let's see, fast forward, I think it's six uh, six months ago. That's not fast forward. That's kind of a backward, you know what? Who cares? So a couple months ago, no, it was seven. I'm looking at a calendar right now. Seven months ago, I told my grandma, something's up. I don't feel right. And she asked me, what do you mean? And so I told her, I feel like there's something over <laughs> just around the river bend. I feel like there's something happening and I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like it, it was like this impending doom feeling. It was like, it was the end of the world because, you know, coming out of COVID, that was brutal on me because it, I never have been through anything like that before. I had no idea how to process that. And I still never, pro- I, like I didn't process that for a long, 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 long time even after COVID, like we all went through the shit. I just didn't know how to talk about it because it scared me. Uh, COVID did. I didn't know what was going on. And so I was telling my grandma this, I was like, I just feel like, I don't know. I just, my, I just felt tense all the time. I just felt um, like something was building up. I just couldn't figure it out. And so this went on for a few months and I kept telling her every time we were having Sunday dinners that something is up, something is wrong. Um, I was like, physically, I feel fine. It's just something just, I feel like this fear is showing up. And 
watching the news and reading all these like things on social media doesn't help at all whatsoever because they're programmed to just make us react and anybody that denies that is an utter utter utters <laughs> a big fool and that's i mean there's a reason why these companies have teams of psychologists to make us react to things and so i was just like news constantly hearing about the left the right the up the down they're all against each other this is against this person it's like jesus christ people like what is going on and so this kept building up and building up and i wasn't talking to anybody about it so one day um three months ago i decided okay you know what i'm gonna have a great freaking day and it's gonna be phenomenal i am gonna do this it's going to be great. I don't want any negativity. I don't want any of the shit. So I decided, all right, Justin, we're going to, f- from here on out, focus on positivity and getting rid of all these weird things that happened to you in the past, these deals and all this other stuff. We're just going to let it go and we're going to move forward and it's going to be a great day and we're going to kick ass. So that's what I did. I went into work. Work was great. Everything was fine. And I was doing my job, blah, 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 blah. The guys were killing it up front. Um, I do online sales um, when I'm not filming. And so I was killing it there. We were just having a great day. And then um, I come home and I'm you know doing my new routine that I just learned. And it's going great. I'm like going to bed kind of early, not like super early, but I'm going to bed earlier. And then next thing you know, I'm like in bed, I'm reading. And then I just all of a sudden this wave of just cold and fear swept over me. I didn't know what was going on. I was laying in bed reading my book and it just hit me so hard. And then I thought, bro, you're going to die right now. And then for everybody that knows me, I don't think like that. That's not how I think. And I'm like, what, what, uh, what is this feeling? And so I sit up And then I'm like staring down at the ground and then I just feel another wave of fear. I feel this wave of just this cold sweat. I just feel this stuff. And then it happens. My heart starts racing a million miles an hour. It feels I couldn't catch my breath. I had no idea what was going on and the fear just kept coming. I'm like, Oh my God, this is how I'm going to die. I'm literally going like it. I've never dealt with, you know, I've, I've thought about death, like the fear of death and all that stuff, because there, I've had a lot of death around me, friends, family, all kinds of stuff like we all have. But in this moment, I was thinking to myself, this is how I imagine death to be is this. And this sucks. Because, so I got down on the ground and I yell at God. This is and I shit you not. This is what I did. I get down on the ground and I yell at God. If you take me right now, you are a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so then I just, I exclaim this and I'm just sitting there. My heart starts racing. I can barely catch my breath. So I crawl out of my room into the kitchen and then crawl outside with my phone. I call 911. I tell them, Hey, I think I'm having a heart attack. I think I'm dying. Um, I need an ambulance at this address. So I give them the address Sir, we can't find that address. And I tell them it's really, really hard to miss. And I tell them again, it's this. Try it this way. I give them a different version of the address. Sir, we still can't find it. We put it in our phone and we we still can't find it. 
and I explained some really easy directions, and they're like, sir, we, we don't know where you are. And I was pissed. I was like, I told the person, the ambulance, uh, the EMS or whatever they're called, I'm just going to drive myself. Sir, should you be doing that? And I told her, well, you can't find me, so what am I supposed to do, die here? And um, so I get in my car, and, and I'm still talking to them, and she says, well, sir, if you can't, get to the hospital, something happens, call us. I'm like, how am I supposed to call you if I'm dead and you can't find me? So I hang up on her. I call my brother. I call my brother, Mike, and I'm like, dude, I think I'm dying. He's like, what are you? <laughs> He's like, what, what? It's like, I'm going to the ER right now. Um, and then he says, okay, let me know when you get there. Great. So I get to the ER and I'm like, this heart thing is just, it, it slows down and then it speeds up. It slows down and speeds up. I'm like just freaking out in the emergency room, uh, the, the waiting room. And they're having me fill out the papers and stuff. And, and then I'm, I'm like thinking to myself, oh, this is a great way to die too, is filling out paperwork when I'm saying, hey, I'm dying right now. My heart's all over the place. So then they get me eventually. It was like the, the healthcare system up here in Humboldt just sucks. I'm just going to say it. It's terrible. So... I get into the ER after I think like a half an hour of this continuing. It just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And I sit in the bed and the nurse is super amazing. Like I forgot his name, but he's super great. Uh, hooks me up to everything. They start doing EKGs, ECGs. They do a bunch of blood work and stuff. And meanwhile, my um, heart rate monitor is just going off. It's just going off and then they reset it and then they do it again. And then it does it again back and forth, back and forth. It just sets it off and then it doesn't set it off, all kinds of stuff. So then I look at the nurse. I'm like, dude, I, th- I think I'm dying right now. And he's like, no, you're fine. It's okay. Just try not to freak out. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Like if you were in my position, <laughs> how do you think you would feel? And so it just goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then eventually the doctor comes in and he's like, yeah, we see that. And I was like, good, because I, I, I think I'm dying. And, and it, that's what it felt like. It just felt intense. And then he left and then comes back a little bit later. Um, oh, wait, no, my brother Drew showed up. And I told him, like, it just got bad. This got so bad. He, I told him, hey, man, like, this is what's, this is what's happening. I think this is what's going on. Um, I'm going to make an audio file for everybody in my phone, letting them know what they get. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, Drew, I think I said Actually, I still think I have it on my phone. Um, I'll put it in here. Yeah, so some of it I cut out. But um, so what happened was I told this to Drew, and he's like, you're not dying. I'm like, I I think I am. And so what happened was the doctor comes in, and he asked me, so what do you think happened? (laughs) I was like, this is why I'm here. This is why I came into the ER to know what happened. (laughs) Why are you asking me? (laughs) So I think, okay, I think I'm having a heart attack. And he says, no. And then it hits me like a shitload of bricks. I look over at my brother. I'm like, it was a fucking panic attack, wasn't it? I've never had one before. I've never dealt with anxiety that I'm aware of. Um, before in my life and so i had no idea but i look at the doctor i'm like it was a panic attack wasn't it and then he's he just shakes his head and says yes so i feel like a complete jackass i've never gone through a panic attack before i had no idea 
he's like, how do you manage your stress? And I'm like, well, obviously not well, homie, because I'm here in the ER right now thinking that I'm dying and I'm having a panic attack. So what is a panic attack, an accumulation of? Yes, worry, stress, all these things. And I just like, dude, am I? so I asked him, am I dying or not? He's like, no, you're not dying. But if you do walk out of the ER and a piano falls down on you, that I can't prevent. <laughs> so I'm like, bro, what? And so I'm just sitting there feeling so stupid. And then like my heart comes down and everything. As soon as he lets me know that, that I'm not dying. And I'm like, shit, this was a panic attack. This was that. I've never dealt with it before. I think I did one time like years ago at church, but that's a whole, we'll get into the church thing at some point, but not, not this day. So I look at my brother and I just feel so defeated. I just feel like a failure and stuff. And I'm just like, okay, well then I'll just get over this. Um, so I get back home and I can't sleep. Um, it was this, I mean, honestly, for those of you like that are going to be listening to this, that have gone through this before, um, you understand. But for those of you that haven't, because I was told only the majority of women go through this. Um, not a lot of guys talk about it, but I will be that one that does. I will be your champion men that hide in the shadows and not talk about panic attacks. Um, I never want that shit to happen again. It was the scariest thing that I have ever been through. And I've been through some shit. But that was the scariest thing that I've ever been through. Um, and so now, that, yeah, that was three months ago. And so I go to my doctor and stuff. We do a bunch of blood work. We do all these things. Um, because now I'm like worried with the after effects. I'm like, shit, do I have anything else? Like, Because for those of you that have had anxiety before, you know, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about, especially health anxiety. So I start worrying about, oh, I have a brain tumor. I've got cancer. I've got diabetes because diabetes runs in my family. Um, a lot of my family has had diabetes and that's been my number one fear is having diabetes. And I've let that control a lot of my life. And so, um, man, this is getting really vulnerable, whatever. So I go to my doctor, get all these, this blood work done. Everything's clean. I don't have cancer. I don't have diabetes. I don't have anything at all whatsoever. The only thing was, she was like, you could stand to lose some weight. Great. I will, let's fucking go. I will do that. So I did. Um, obviously for those of you that follow me on Instagram, you can, you can check out, I, I'm always posting every day, uh, almost every day, my workouts. So that way it keeps everybody else accountable. That's wanting to lose weight. So at my, when my doctor, um, she took my weight and all that stuff. And then I went back a couple months later, she's like, you lost 30 pounds since I last saw you. I'm like, yeah, you told me to do it. So basically I got this clean bill of health. My blood work is fine. Everything is fine. Everything is great. But now I'm dealing with the ups and downs of anxiety, which I've never dealt with before. And sometimes it's super scary. Like, you know what I mean with the whole fear of uh, every illness thing. And so I'm having to appreciate where I'm at right now. I'm not having to. I'm getting to appreciate where I'm at right now with rewriting my brain chemistry because you know, I've been offered, you know, because I sometimes will get these anxiety attacks where it's not, well, sometimes I'll get the fast heartbeat and stuff like that, but I'm really good about getting rid of that. So now I'm having, getting to, not having to, now I'm getting to rewrite that stuff in my brain of, oh, hey, you're not dying. Like I got, I get brutal. Like for those of you that know me, like when I don't know something about something or a subject, I will buy a book about it. I will Google it all day long. And so I even I'm started reading books about death, processing death, processing life, processing illnesses and all this stuff. And it's helped out rewrite that. But now I'm at this vulnerable state 
of feeling like a kid again where I have to relearn how to feel towards certain things. So like, for instance, I am going back and like, I used to feel such shame about this. I'll, I'll be the first one to say it. Um, that was my refrigerator. Um, I got a therapist a, a couple months ago. The first one I had was, it didn't really help at all. I let him go real quick, but this new one that I have is phenomenal. And so, you know, one thing that we've been doing and it's been amazing is going back and talking to the kid version of me. Um, because you know, again, talking about traumatic experiences and talking about a traumatic life, I went through some stuff um, that I don't really talk about ever because I haven't had the space to do it. And this is my fucking podcast. And I can do whatever I want. So um, we've been going, we've been going back and dealing with a lot of this stuff. I didn't realize I've kept things in from 20 years ago that I still carry with me. Like, some crazy memory, some shit has happened to me. Like I've gone through a lot. Um, I was told to write a book about it, but I don't really feel like I should. I'll just do a podcast. Um, so basically, um, we're going through a lot of my past childhood stuff. Um, there was a lot of shitty things that happened to me there with family, friends. You could probably already guess cause we've gone, we've all gone through a lot of shit and been like going back and talking to the young version of me, which I thought was stupid. I thought it was the stupidest thing that I could ever do. Is like, oh, I'm going to go talk to the miniature version of me. This is going to be great. Oh, 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 oh. Um, so my therapist is like, I think you should go talk to little Justin. Is there a memory where you didn't feel like you were enough? And I said, <laughs> where do I start? Tell me, almighty master of the mind. Tell you. And so basically, I told her, like, there's this memory. Um, and I'll tell you, because we're getting vulnerable with each other. And I believe, again, that we should be vulnerable. There's, um, there's this memory that I had uh, that actually happened because we have it on video. When I was a kid, my dad used to carry around this massive VHS recorder that he borrowed from my grandma because he just liked filming, like documenting all of our lives and stuff. The majority of the footage is me yelling at my dad, dad, look at me, dad, please look at me, while he films all the rest of my siblings and doesn't really give me the light of day. Now, I'm saying this because that was past stuff. Before my dad passed, which, you know, that I haven't processed either, and it's been four years now. Um, I'm doing okay. Trust me. I'm not going crazy. Trust me. <laughs> but I didn't realize that that was carrying into my life. I didn't realize any of that. So when my therapist, therapist asked me, um, you know, in that moment, how did you feel? Like, did you ever feel like you were enough? And I said, no. And she's like, do you think you're wor worthy of love? And I said, No. And I used to teach this stuff because I was a leader, like a pastor and stuff like that. I used to teach this at a school, which thank God I'm not there anymore, talking about this stuff. But I never did it myself because nobody ever took the time to sit me down and be like, how are you? How, how is your heart? How's your spirit? Are you okay? Because I was thrown into adulthood way too early. I got kicked out when I was 16. And from then on, it was just all over the place. No consistency at all whatsoever. So when she asked me this, it was super hard because um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to admit, like, because everybody that knows me, I just want them to know happy Justin. I want them to know me as 
this this dude i want the, i want everybody to know me as this is the super creative guy this is i feel inspired when i'm around him and so then i get scared when i'm like hey i actually feel like shit um and i just need a friend to listen to which i do i just am horrible at telling these friends that i just need somebody to talk to um and i don't need solutions so when i was talking to my therapist about this um and talking about the kid thing I remember, I think it was like actually last week, if we want to be real. Um, she's like, I want you to go visit Justin and just tell him what you can. She's like, I know this This is a new technique. And I'm paraphrasing because she might listen to this, which, yeah. <laughs> um, she was like, go talk to little Justin and say what you can. She's like, can you tell him that he's incredible? And I said, no, I can't right now. She's like, okay, well, say what you can. So then I just go back to... You know, I was, I was sitting in my bed one night and I go to talk to Justin and I just start bawling. Like I cried for a solid hour and a half. Um, and let me tell you, it is not stupid to cry, man. If you need to cry, go cry. It's awesome. Um, but as I was doing this, more stuff started popping up, more memories, more things that happened to me and all these other just like all this shit. And I could see why she said maybe it would be too intense for you right now. But me being me again, I'm like, if we're going to feel this, I want to feel this all the way, which I should have listened and just waited for her. But I did it. And it was super freeing to be able to do that, to go back to the little version of yourself. And uh, for those of you that come from broken homes, you're going to understand this completely. But for those of you that have grown up in amazing homes, awesome. If you grew up in an amazing home, and you were like well loved and all this stuff. Um, reach out to the people that you're friends with that have gone through shit because chances are they they haven't talked about it, and let them know that they're loved and all that jazz. Because that's that's so crucial. So anyway, um, yeah, all these memories started popping up and blah 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 blah. blah. And so why do I say all this? I'm saying all this because that's why I'm quitting caffeine. <laughs> Um, this is why I've chosen to quit caffeine because I also found out that I was drinking over 800 milligrams of caffeine a day because I wanted to make sure that I was go, 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 that I was on top of it, that I didn't slow down, that I was there for everybody that was on constantly. I even had friends tell me like after they found out, I, had a, I didn't tell everybody about this, but after I told certain people that I had a panic attack, I had friends be like, wait, you? I'm like, I know. Wait. And then I, one of my friends, I was just like, shit. Um, but he, he was like, I never would have thought that you'd have a panic attack. I'm like, oh, shit. That's also partly my fault because I wasn't telling people, hey, I'm stressed out. I'm like f- not freaking out. I'm not, I'm not. I'm stressed out. I don't know how to manage stress well. I don't know how to manage my emotions well. I don't know how to ma- manage my feelings well. And I'm a massive feeler. Like I'm a huge emotional person for everybody else. I could sit there and relate with you all day long and feel all of your stuff and be there with you and walk you through your stuff. But I didn't know how to turn that around on me and say, hey, man, you're also going through things and you also need to take time for yourself because that's not celebrated, being able to slow down and take time for yourself. And it's becoming more for sure. But in my world, it hasn't been a thing. And so now I'm learning, slow down, take time. And so part of that was, you know, I've been killing it at the at the gym. I've been kicking it my ass. Like a lot of you know, I started at close to 315. Now I'm down to 232. 
doing that uh, because I want to be around for my future family. I want to be, um, you know, attractive <laughs> for to my future wife because I believe what's going on outwards is an inward projection. Uh, hold on, I'm not, I'm not even going to re-record that. I believe that like you should look sexy for your your significant other, and if they accept you for who you are, where you're at, amazing. But at the same time, it's very unattractive when I'm I'm going to say this for myself because this is where I'm at. When you're fat, and then like internally, I was kind of emotionally a mess too and stuff. And so I just believed that the, your outward appearance is just um, an indication of what's going on on the inside, and so. I've been working on my mental health, which that feels weird to say because I don't want people thinking like, oh, I'm crazy and all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm just realizing, oh, we all go through it. We all have things that we do um, or don't do emotionally. We don't talk to each other because we're so used to these hit it and quit it conversations on social media that we forget to have a genuine uh, genuine communication with a human being and being vulnerable because that's what makes the world go around is being able to sit down with your friend and be like, Hey, I just want to talk. I just want to, I just need a vent real quick. I just need a connection right now. And I've had random strangers that we've spent some time together, but not like a whole lot of time reach out and say, Hey, if you ever just need to talk, just let me know. Like, dude, that's amazing. Like people that aren't even like, we don't have a huge friendship or like, if you ever just want to talk, let me know. and I'll be here for you. I'm like, that's freaking amazing to have that. So that's why I'm that's why I've quit caffeine. Um, and what has that process been like? So that process has been a fucking pain in the ass. There you go, cussing a lot. Um, because I was thriving off of caffeine. I was totally that's I've never known myself. Gotta see. I've never known myself without caffeine. I've never known Justin without all the energy, and so. After I read this book called Caffeine Blues, which if you're addicted to caffeine, read this book. Um, it will definitely change your life. There's actually science to back it up. Like Huberman and all these guys talk about how caffeine is good for you, yada, yada, yada. People could drink it, whatever. But it does more damage to you physically than is worth it. Um, he didn't really go into a lot of the details of that. But so that's why I quit caffeine. It's been a pain in the ass. I've posted about it before, but it feels like there's a veil between you and reality. And um, one of my favorite, this doctor guy, he was on Joe Rogan. He talked about how he quit caffeine for three months and it was hell. Um, I'm on month one and it is, has been hell just with the veil between reality and um, stuff. So that's, but I have noticed this. Um, so I've lost weight because I, I stopped going. Okay. So my favorite place to go get coffee. I'm sorry, Jitterbean. I love you, Robert's family. If one of you listens to this, I genuinely love you. It's nothing against you. I just have built a cool relationship with the girls over at Hot, at hot Shots. <laughs> Not deleting that. Uh, over at Shots. They're awesome, and they always take care of me. They're amazing. Um, that was my spot. And so I started drinking triple shot white mochas at, from Shots, which are phenomenal, and I miss them. Uh, my God, sometimes they're just better than sex. Um, so <laughs> I just like had one of those. And then I go to work and drink more coffee there. I drink go coffee, 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 coffee. And then, um, so that's why I quit is because I was drinking way too much coffee. But so here, so for those of you that have stayed this long and you're wanting to know what has the benefits been like, let me tell you. Number one, I lost fat faster. 
because of all the shit that I was putting inside of my coffee, that was adding more weight to me. And that sucked. Um, when I went to my doctor, my blood pressure was around, was it like 130 over 70 to 80 something? That's too damn high. Um, she said it was fine, but I, I don't know. We disagreed there because I'm just a difficult person to deal with sometimes. Um, let's see. So after quitting coffee, after quitting coffee, my blood pressure has shot down. And it's a really, unless I'm having like anxiety stuff go on, it's a really consistent like 118 over 70 something or the high 60s or whatever. So it's been amazing. Um, I think way more clearly. That's been great. I am way more creative and um, I don't have these weird back pains anymore. Like I still have some back stuff, but that's just because of stuff that I've done. Um, I don't have these weird neck joint pains. I don't have any of this stuff. That all went away when I quit caffeine because caffeine is a stressor. I'm not going to go into the science of it because there's a ton of it out there. But if you want to read the book, Caffeine Blues, let me know. Maybe I'll do a raffle for it or something on my Instagram, um, which it's my name, at Justin. No, at underscore Justin Grimaldo. You can follow me there. Um, so a lot of weird pains went away. I don't feel so stressed out. Um, I could breathe better. One of my friends, Nicole, um, said that, I'm a completely different person because I feel like I have a piece on me now and there's a piece about me and I'm just so calm, which during this podcast I have not been, but, (laughs) um, I think just way clearer. Like I know I've said that already, but I've noticed now I don't react with an answer anymore. I take the time to slow down and pause and I don't feel weird about that because I'm caffeine. I'm like, Oh my God, I have an answer right now. I gotta gotta go. I gotta gotta go. But I slow down and think about how I'm going to answer this thing because I know that if it's a big decision, I need to take the time for it and make decisions better. Um, it did help with working out, but I also believe that's a mind over matter thing. And um, what else is going on? Oh, I sleep like a freaking baby, unless I'm having anxiety stuff. I sleep like a freaking baby, and it is quite phenomenal. Um, so there, those are some of the benefits. Um, oh, my freaking... Okay, so get this. I don't know if you know this, but... Um, Caffeine can actually stunt your sex drive. So just being real, uh, <laughs> now that I've quit caffeine, I'm like, get some. But I'm not a whore and I don't go around like sleeping with people. So that's not what I'm going to do. But I have noticed that my you know, libido has jumped up a ton. And um, yeah, so that's been, I've been managing that as a whole other podcast talking about managing sexual like, um, feelings and all that stuff. I need that sexual feeling. <laughs> anyway, so that's just kind of what I've noticed. Those are the simple things that I've noticed. That's why I've quit caffeine. Um, if you've stayed with me this long, you're amazing and I appreciate you. Let me know on my Instagram if you listened. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I might do this once a month now because I actually genuinely miss podcasting and I might bring in texts and a couple of other people. But I'm going to be... That I will promise you. I will do a once a month podcast um and we will try to bring on guests and stuff but anyway that's my story um that's what's been going on um i'm gonna leave you with this um and i also have abandonment issues no i don't i'm totally kidding (laughs) although if candace you're listening to this don't judge me i don't have abandonment issues don't be a jerk um i'm kidding so i just want to yeah i will say this social media is awesome for business. It's awesome for connecting with 
family and friends that you haven't talked to in years, but actually reach out to them. Um, short story, I have noticed my family is absolutely terrible at on my dad's side. The Grimaldo side, we suck ass at talking about our feelings and talking about just anything, really. I reached out to my Aunt Zenaida and I asked her if she noticed, <laughs> like in our family, how terrible it is, or how terrible we are as a family of connecting with one another. She starts laughing, and I'm like, shit, what did I say? Because we haven't talked in a while. Point. That's my point that I'm making right now. And it's called the Grimaldo curse. We are terrible at telling each other how we feel. We're terrible at connecting. And I've just seen that because that's, okay, I'm Mexican. I'm half Mexican. And on my dad's side of the family, they're like, from the motherland Mexican. So don't get all weird and try to cancel me and stuff. This is just how the culture is. Uh, the culture is in our family of, we don't talk to each other. Um, when your kids beat the shit out of you, all kinds of stuff. Like if you try to admit emotions, we're going to beat the shit out of you. I've been dropped off in a field and left to walk home. Like this has all happened to me before. Um, because I'll, I'll start crying or something and whatever. But that's a whole nother thing. Maybe I'll bring a therapist on here and we'll talk about dealing with past traumas. I don't know. But I've been reaching out to my family um, a little bit at a time, like my sisters and all that stuff. A couple of them I really have to reach out to, but talk to my aunt. And that was amazing to hear from her. And all that being said, it's great. Social media is great to connect you to those people. But make sure you foster those relationships. What do I mean by foster? Even if it's really inconvenient for you, do it anyway. Like I'll get some of, I'll get some texts from um, really close friends of mine in, in really bad moments. I'm like, I'm taking a shit right now. This is really inconvenient, but this is my best buddy. Like Ken will text me and I'm like, some of you who know Ken, uh, Ken Johnson, we have to redo our podcast, but whatever. Like I'll respond to him because that's my bro. Like that's my dude. Like if it is convenient, if it is inconvenient for you, do it because those are your people and reach out to each other love on one another, encourage each other. Even if you think it's stupid, it's like, oh, I don't think they're going to like this. If that's how they feel loved, amazing. Do it anyway. If it scares you, do it. If if it scares you to connect with somebody, fucking go and do it. It's such a scary thing to be vulnerable with people. But we were created, I firmly believe we were created to be a genuine community with one another. We need those connections. We need to be around people. And those people that talk about, you know, just being isolated all the time, that's not good for you. <laughs> Unless you're just a badass and can do that. Like, I have a friend that does that, and she's amazing at it. I'm like, my God, like, whoa. But we need each other. And so reach out to your friends. Love on them, friends, family, whatever it is, outside of social media. If you can FaceTime with them, do it. If you can, We have all the technology in the face of the planet to actually, like, talk to each other on video. Just fucking do it. Don't be dumb and wait until the end of your life to be like, oh, that's one of my things. I don't want to look at my life... I wish I would have reached out to David. I wish I would have reached out to James. I wish I would have reached out to Ken or Nicole or Nadine or Steven. I wish I would have said these things is, is if in those moments you feel it, let them know. And it's going to, it may seem off from them, but it's like, who cares? You're loving them anyway. All right. I'm going to end it there because I'm going to go on a tangent and I really don't want to. And if you've lasted this long, that's what she said. I appreciate you. Um, if any of this has resonated with you at all whatsoever, just drop me a line, um, on my Instagram page, the Justin and friends Instagram page. I can't get into, um, I'll figure that out later, 
but my Instagram is uh, Justin underscore Grimaldo. If any of this has resonated with you, if you have any questions or anything at all whatsoever or any comments, let me know. Um, and I'm going to do something called uh, Song of the Week or Song of like the... No, Song of the Episode. We're going to do that right now. Um, listen to Parker Gray, uh, Good at Getting Gone. Uh, I, she started following me because uh, of a TikTok that blew up of mine, I think, or something. But her music is amazing. And so go listen to it. It's country stuff. Uh, she's phenomenal. But to you guys gals and everybody else um i appreciate you thank you for giving me your ear holes to be inside of i love being inside of you and let's talk soon